How's your morning going so far? Oh, good. Like, I uh, went to two events yesterday. One was uh, I have friends that finally opened their uh, production studio. They do film, and they do content, and they actually do, like, one arm of their uh, company. Uh, the whole company is called Northbound, and then one arm of the company, Item 9, um, they do strictly, like, cannabis content. Oh, work. So it was hella cool. It was super dope. I went there and, like, it was just, like, good people. A lot of, like, the people's family because it started, like, five years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and, like, in the founder's, like, house, you know what I mean? And so they finally have, like, a studio space, which is which is super dope. And, like, it was a cool warehouse. And they had, like, cannabis-infused cocktails and, like, oh, wow. food. I smoke so much weed, like, <laughs> like so much, like bro, like so much. It's Listen, ridiculous, like okay. all the different kinds. But like, I mean, and this is something we can talk about once we. I mean, I'm already recording, but once we start the yeah. the thing proper, like for you, like what is so much? You know what I'm saying? Like my tolerance is through the moon. Yeah, it's gotta be like because I would imagine. You know what I'm saying? You've been doing it for a while now, so. Uh, and then you know blogging and all that stuff and like trying to get in the industry and like tr- meeting people you know you meet people like weed is like a gateway to like hey you're my friend now <laughs> let's you know let's yeah. like <laughs> let's build and like you smoke you roll and you smoke right. and so you know doing that enough I smoked a lot and it's just like not just flower. Flower is like the bud, you know. It's not just flower anymore. There's so many different yes, like I'm, ways to consume. I'm happy and like you to break all that shit down. Even I don't even I only know like half of it. I know so a lot, but it's just there's still so much more to learn. Well, whatever you know, we're gonna get into on this joint, man. So why don't we go ahead and just get this thing started, cool. and then you know, what I'm saying we can get into all this good stuff man so i'm gonna do this little um sponsorship joint real quick and then we'll go yeah. ahead and um and start this day cool. all right ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the look and listen podcast once again we're back with another one-on-one episode And as you already know, each one of these is designed to bring you a brand new conversation, brand new interview, brand new perspective. Oh yeah, this is the brand new introduction. Oh, some brand new production. Tuning in. I hope you enjoy the conversation. I hope you enjoy. 
enjoy the information that we get to you on this brand new episode. And that you'll come back for more and more. Look and listen, baby. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash looklistenpod. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Yo, yo, what's going on, party people? Welcome back to the Look and Listen podcast. As you see from the title of this episode... We about to talk about weed, y'all. <laughs> nah, um, yeah, this is uh, this is calling Mary Jane 101, and on the line with me today, we have one of the coolest people in the Black Guy Who Tips pod. I mean, uh, podcast Facebook group, one of the the fitness professionals. You know what I'm saying? She always makes the call to see what's going on with everybody. You know, on the health tip and everything, are you out there getting your your little exercise in and the whole nine? Um, we got Chelsea on the line. What's going on, Chelsea? Hey, what's up? Hey, everybody. Sounds so enthusiastic. Hey, you know, <laughs> y'all got to excuse her. She's out on the west coast. Is still out in the morning out there and everything. So it is the morning. Yeah, man. and I am still a little high from yesterday. She's so still a little high from yesterday. We gonna get into that <laughs> as we roll through this. You know what I'm saying? We are gonna ask her a few little questions about herself. You know what I'm saying? Growing up and the whole nine, and then we gonna get into this whole cannabis thing, man. You know what I'm saying? There's so much talk about cannabis, marijuana, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we're going to dive into some of the cultural aspects and, you know, the stigmas that people have about it and the whole nine. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and start this thing off because we got a lot of ground to cover. And I don't want to take all of this lovely lady's time. You know what I mean? So um, the first question that I want to ask you is uh, where are you from? Um, I'm from Oxnard, California. And that is, um, for everyone who doesn't know, it's Southern California. There's Santa Barbara. And it's south of Santa Barbara, about an hour north of L.A. Okay. Um, along the 101, it's like an agriculture community, a beach community, hella Mexicans. That's why I exist, because I'm half Chicana and half black. Uh, the home of Anderson Pack. <laughs> so, right. So you're, you're the product of some black and brown love. Yeah. Word. That's what's up. Um, so if you don't mind me asking, you know, you kind of mentioned it just a second ago saying that you were half black, half Mexican. But, you know, what was your family structure as a child? And what I mean by that is, like, did you have both parents, single parent, grandparents? Like, you know, who who was it that was around you at that time coming up? So my parents separated when I was, like, hella young, like, before I could even remember. Um, so I was primarily, my childhood was a little crazy. It was wild, actually. But I was primarily raised with my mother. Mm-hmm. Uh my parents never got married, but they got remarried. They got married. My mom was married previously. Um, when I, she married when I was like five, very young for a very short amount of time. Um, but they each now have 
respective spouses. They've been together. My step parents been with my parents for like twenty some years now. Oh, okay. Um, so I was raised primarily with my mother, but my dad was he was around, um, and I was close, pretty close with both sides of the family. More close with my mom's side. My mom is black, and my dad's Mexican. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so both parents were around. I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. Shit was wild. So, and my grandma lived across the street from my elementary school. So I basically lived there through elementary. Are you mm-hmm. um, the only child? Yeah, only child by birth. But I have siblings. Oh. I step siblings. Okay, okay. Three of them. Yeah, it's kind of like me. Like, um, I'm the only child that my parents had together, but they each had children before me. You know what I'm saying? And then they split up when I, they were married. Um, I think they got married in 1975 and they got divorced in 85 um, when I was five years old. So, you know what I'm saying? It was just me and my mother as well. You know what I mean? Um, so what was, you know, what were, what are some of your, uh, what, well, actually, before we get into some of your earliest memories, what was life like, you know, in those early years with just, you know, you and your mom? Like, you know, what was what was the, the mm-hmm. vibe like and all of that? How did your mom, Dukes, kick it? Um, my, my mom is, she's a very interesting lady. Like, everywhere everywhere you go, like, someone will be like, hey, her name is Roxanne. Like, Roxanne, Roxanne. Because, like, she just has a really big personality. Um, and so my mom was really fun like as a kid so we always like even if she didn't have a lot of money she always found places to go we'd go to at least the beach or we'd go to san diego a lot or we would go on little vacations my first trip i wasn't even a year and i went to hawaii oh wow Uh, and then oh in my first year i went to north carolina because that's where actually my people are from there okay because my uh, great grandmother, she was, you know, she was dying. She was in her 90s at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my first trip, and then went to uh, Hawaii, and I have family in Virginia too. So I was wild. Word. So it was, it was, a, it was a ride. Yeah, you, got, you got some family out this way. I'm in North Carolina. You know what I mean? So my sister's over there. Huh? My sister's there. Oh, okay, shout out to your sister, man. Yo, so your mom's name was Roxanne. How many times did niggas kick her that UTFO shit? Oh my god, yo! <laughs> I know she probably oh, hate I that song. By still here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then she struck back with the real Roxanne joint. You know what I'm saying? Clapping back at niggas, man. Like get the fuck out of my face. You know what I mean? Um, so you kind of touched on the next question that I wanted to ask you anyway about some of your earliest memories. Um, you know, you just mentioned the trip to Carolina and the trip to Hawaii and everything like that. Are there any other early memories that you have, you know, from, from being a, a young Chelsea? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents mm-hmm. uh, on my mom's side. And so I, I remember spending like long days long evenings going with my grandpa and my grandma to the VFW so my grandpa could go talk shit <laughs> and like so I used to just be there like I was a, I was just like kind of athletic nerdy kid so like I used to go and like take my books and my coloring books and shit and just ear hustle you know around all these old ass people talking shit yo that's that's listen man that's where a lot of us learn how, how to talk shit ourselves you know what I'm saying just listening to old heads and probably hearing a lot of shit that you shouldn't have heard at a young age and all of shit any that you of that. shouldn't have seen, you know. Um, you you mentioned being an athletic, nerdy young young lady. What uh, what what sports did you play? What what were you into athletically? And then some. And then as far as your nerdy side, other than the comic books, you know, what brought out the the nerd? 
Um, I I played growing up primarily soccer. You know, Mexican. That's what we do. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I ran track. I ran track a little bit. I was like fairly good, but I just did it just because it was like the off season. Um, and then I played volleyball because I'm pretty tall. I'm about six foot. Um, so when I I was always even in elementary school like a tall kid, right. but then when I start really growing, um, like I had the basketball coach like in my ear like every day. Uh huh. But you know I, I like I wanted to play soccer. I should have played basketball, thinking in hindsight. But I played soccer. And I played basketball like a, like a year or so. I liked it, but I was like, yeah, just be my soccer ball. So I played volleyball and soccer for the most part. In high school, it was more like volleyball, and I played traveling, like, on traveling teams, because uh, I was going to play in college, and then I decided not to. So, I played pretty competitively, you know, through my adolescence. And what about that nerd, that inner nerd? What What were some of the things that she was really into at that time? Oh, like, like Sailor Moon, and like books, and like, I used to read the encyclopedia. You just, uh, you just read the encyclopedia? Yeah, just because. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nerdy, yo. <laughs> <laughs> no, because my grandpa, my grandma, like every time I asked the damn question, she'd be like, "Go look it up, okay?" Right. So go I, look it up in her like set of insights. So I used to like get interested in stuff and like look stuff up. <laughs> and then probably like at some point you just stopped asking the question and just went straight to the source. Like you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna just go ahead and read this encyclopedia, find out exactly what I want to know and go on about my business. Right. I'm like y'all that can tell me anyway, so I'm just gonna look the shit up myself. Right. Yeah. Yo, and to any of the the young people out there who might be listening to this, um, the encyclopedia is a thing that uh, we used to have to use in order to do research. See, now y'all motherfuckers can just do Google searches and Wikipedia and all that kind of stuff. There was a period of time in, in the world where there was no internet. You know what I mean? So you had to have an encyclopedia, which would be what twenty six volumes, uh, you mm-hmm. know, books one one for each letter of the alphabet, and you had to flip pages, actual pages in a book. In order to do your research or whatever, so you know that's that's how old we are over here. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> we old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you know we mentioned your mom, your grandparents, and and, huh. and um, even your father and stuff like that. But uh, who were some of the other people, or you know, in addition to those folks or whatever, you know, who were some of the other folks that might have molded you as a young woman, and what kind of things do you feel like you learned from those people? From those people. So like for example, like you know maybe a certain personality trait or characteristic that you uh-huh. would say that you have now that you got you know that's definitely from my mom or you know that's definitely my dad's type of thing you know what i mean um oddly enough my my younger cousins on, on my well, we're on the same age they were only like a year or two apart okay um and since i was an only child i hung out with them and they were all boys i had one girl cousin we were close but like mostly i spent a lot of time with the boys and so they taught me a uh, a lot of like toughness because I was a the straight up like tomboy you know and I was bigger so they let me play with them or I bullied myself for you know until I till they started beating me up back up <laughs> so like they taught me a lot a lot of toughness and just like resilience you know especially like physically right being a girl around these big ass motherfucking like Mexican boys just wild like <laughs> <laughs> just acting Acting the fuck up. Oh, you was so, a child too, huh? You was a you was a a nerd, an athlete, and a gangster, huh? 
you know, I was just like real, like kind of like slick with it because everyone was like, Chelsea's like so good, you know, she does well in school. But like I used to be right out there with them, but I was smart enough to where, uh, you know, when shit went awry, I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that's a good quality so no, to have. Right. I'm like, mm, I gotta go. So anybody else you want to mention? Um, or, you know, we can just move on to the next thing. My, on my mother's side, I have two older, two older cousins. One, one's five years older and one is nine years older than me. Um, Allie and Chanel. They're, they'll probably listen to this podcast, by the way. Yo, shout out but, to your cousins. Yo, what up? Hey. Um, <laughs> so they were like my big sisters, you know, since I didn't have any biological siblings. So everywhere they went, guess where? What? I had to go. They hated it. but they took me along you know so they were super influential like went to my first club with them like here actually here in san francisco because my cousin went to school here um i was like 13 but i was 5'9 so it was like you know whatever uh went to my first concert went to like hella house parties with them yeah uh, I just annoy, you know, I would annoy and follow them everywhere, and I learned so much as a kid. That's what's up, man. You were yeah. the, the young tag along who they uh, probably, you know, got annoyed with at first or whatever, but you know. Now we're grown women together. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, what's that experience like now? You know what I'm saying? It sounds like you might be kind of close with them now. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We're we're pretty close. Um, you know, I just try to support each other and stuff. So, because yeah. we're growing up together, so now we're trying to like build together and figure shit out. You know. That's what's up, man. That is what's up. All right. So you mentioned, I think you said you were from Oxnard. Is that correct? Uh huh. How would you describe, um, you know, your neighborhood or your community back when you were growing up there? Uh, it's like a hell of a like Latino community, mm-hmm. primarily just Mexican community. Um. And there, oh, there were when I was growing up some black people, uh, but it was primarily in the at least part of Oxnard I grew up in. It was primarily Mexican at the time when my mom grew up there, and that because I grew up in the same neighborhood my mom did, at least through elementary school. Um, there was more black people, but they left, and so it was all like Latin, like working class Latino families, you know, like that. That's it. It was pretty, like pretty chill for the most part single family home when I lived with my grandma. Um, and then like going through high school, I went to move to a different part of the city and there was a still a lot of like Latinos cause that's the whole city. But um, like it was a little more diverse, like a good amount of Filipino kids. And, and the odd thing, I, I didn't really have any like white people I was around. <laughs> it was very rare. Cause like in my hometown, it's like all people of color, yeah. at least where I went to school. There are white people because it's a beach community, and there are like you know, like more wealthy part of the city. But most of my friends were, almost all of them were either Latino or like black kids from church or other stuff. Not are Filipino, but not any white people. It's weird. <laughs> I got to college. I was like, what is this? <laughs> you motherfuckers really exist. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's right. that's what's up, man. I mean, that's that's a sounds like because. A lot of times we think of diversity being like white people and then black people and blah, blah, blah. Like we don't sometimes look at diversity being 
a difference of everybody but then also within our own black and brown communities you know what i'm saying like there's a lot of diversity within you know within you know black folks and within mexican people and all that kind of stuff so it sounds like you grew up in a diverse area it just happened to be diverse you know shades of black and brown you know happen right in that area or whatever um what kind of things would you say um you know how would you say that that growing up in that community sort of influenced you um coming up you know what i mean uh-huh it made me very uh like, like conscious of like my culture especially moving out right. of the community you know moving to the bay area which is uh, you know kind of more diverse with like, like everyone and the community it seems more at least like pocketed you know like latinos are in certain area white people are in certain area even though white people now are kicking black and brown people out of the areas that we built gentrification um, gentrification that's another motherfucking conversation yes it is um so it was interesting you know interesting growing growing up there and uh, i'm very aware of like my culture now that's you know and it's and, it, and it's unique because i grew up in a very like chicano household in a very like you know black household my i have southern roots my grandma's from the midwest actually um but kind of not tradition but kind of semi-traditional household you know yeah you know group in church and all that stuff so very aware once i moved outside of my community like you know because people get tend to get along there is racial tension a little in my hometown there is anti-blackness oh man obviously that's everywhere even in latino communities even though we live in the same communities a lot of time yeah uh but i i wasn't super aware until i moved out and you know speaking of that um what did you have any difficulty you know being a mixed race child in that environment you know living with a black mother in that mm-hmm. mostly, you know, Mexican community, were there any, you know, problems that you might have had at, at at that time because of, you know, some of the, you know, the the racial tension between the two sides? Right. I think uh, early on, uh, before I can even remember, there was even racial tension like in my between my two families. Oh wow. Yeah, because like, you know, there's still like I said, there's still anti-blackness, a lot of anti-blackness, and and a lot of. Uh, like Latino cultures and Mexican culture and so my dad is the oldest boy and the oldest boy you know is really like kind of revered in Mexican families so him having a child with a black woman was my grandma was not happy Mm. at all and so there was like you know there, there was a lot of racial tension there and I, I even feel like, you know, as a child growing up, I was maybe treated a little different. Right. But like, but now it's all good because my families are really super mixed now. There's white Mexican, black Mexican, Peruvian Mexican, Mexican Mexican. So it was kind of a learning experience, I think, for my own family. And then like growing up, my I only speak Spanglish and not like just full Spanish. Right. Because he's um, my my dad doesn't really speak Spanish. He was like of the generation where like the parents didn't necessarily push it because they wanted them, wanted them to assimilate, mm-hmm. uh, which is like a goddamn shame. Right. Uh, right. So, you know, it was like interest, interesting. I, I sometimes felt that I wasn't like Mexican enough. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. yeah. And, 
And then sometimes I felt like uh, I feel a little outsider too in like the black community, even though I'm very black still. So it was like it, it took an adjustment, like up until college, basically, until like I, you know, you go to college and kind of find yourself. And what was it that sort of um, helped you find yourself in college? Like, you know, I think just being like outside of the home, um, like making my own like network. I I made a point to participate in things for the like black community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the BS because I went to Berkeley, UC Berkeley, and it's a very white PWI. Right. Okay, very white very white and very Asian and not particularly friendly to black and brown people. Um, so what I did is I made a point to do things with the black community, like the BSU and events put on by the sororities and fraternities. Uh, and also for the Latino community, the same, there's Latino frats and sororities. I went to things, I participated in like groups. Right. So I tried to like kind of break the culture and like, be a bridge even between like my friends, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, that's sometimes what you have to do. Like, um, you know, I, I went to PWI as well, but I always say I had a really black experience when I was there because number one, I sort of I sought that out, but then you know, in the area that I'm in, you know, there's a lot of black colleges around. There aren't any out, right. out west or whatever, so y'all don't have that opportunity. But we had the black colleges, and then we had you know black organizations on the yard and everything like that. So. Luckily for me and anybody who was like-minded, we were able to, at least at that time, I don't really know what it's like over there now um, in terms uh-huh. of being able to do that, even though I still, you know, work on campus, but, you know, I don't know anything about campus life at this point. But, you know, right. when I was in school from um, 98 to 02 or whatever, you know, it was it was black as shit at, at times, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you forgot where you were, you know what I'm saying? And I was lucky right. for that, you know? And like you said, like, just kind of trying to, go towards those things and luckily they luckily they were available and luckily for you right. that stuff was there for you as well and you know in addition to that you were able to serve as a bridge between you know the different sides of of, of your friends you know your friendships that you developed and everything over there um so the last question that i wanted to kind of ask about you know just you before we get into you know the main event here is um you know we sort of talked about some of your formative years and you know the people and the environments that shaped you and everything like that like how would you describe yourself as a person and and would you say that that's sort of how you always have been or you know did did you sort of develop that as you you know grew older um i i think i've always been kind of like this person i'm 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 social to a certain extent but i'm very much like an introvert and you know being an only child you know i had to spend a significant amount of time like by myself um and i'm definitely like that now like uh, you know yesterday i was like turning up went to like two parties <laughs> and like you know from like my social media for my blog you know i go to a lot of events and all that type of thing but that's not me on a regular basis i love my alone time <laughs> yeah and i have to recharge basically alone so I've kind of always been that person. Like I, I, even as a kid, I didn't mind just playing by myself, you know, or just, so I've always been like that. And it, I think it's even more now, you know, cause you know, when you're younger, you tried to kind of mold yourself to be like other people, 
and what other people are comfortable but i'm old now so i don't give a shit (laughs) (laughs) start settling into your own ways i'm like that as well like i like i said i i um have siblings i have you know what you know what they would call half siblings um twin brother and sister on my father's side who are about seven years older than me and Uh on my mom's side i have a sister who's actually 18 years older than me so uh-huh. in my house that's a big gap yeah it really is right her oldest daughter is only four years younger than me you know what i mean so she's what 33 now i'm 37 so you know uh-huh. we're basically you know age-wise brother and sister um but yeah growing up you know excuse me it was just my mother and i so uh-huh. i'm not an only child but i grew up as an only child yeah i get it uh-huh. so i have a lot of the same experience you know in terms of um being in the house alone and being latchkey and all of that that you probably have had as well even though you know you had family and stuff you know close by or whatever but you know i'm just like doing sure i was latchkey for sure yeah i go home feed myself go to my because me and my grandma lived across you from school so i used to just walk across the street go home and like play in the backyard make a snack yeah all that good Sometimes I would sneak out to the park or go to the ice cream man, but I would, you know, I would be back before I knew what time, you know, my, my mom or my grandma would get home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was definitely me. Um, <laughs> shit. The, I've flown on planes by myself as a child. And like you said, I come home and have to, you know, make a little something to hold me over at least until my mom comes back from work. And, you know, yeah. there was a period of time where she worked at a, uh, a shelter for battered women and children where she would have to stay overnight so it was sometimes i come home and you know it just be me the rest of the night but you know what i mean she made sure that i was straight and everything so yeah all of that man and um you know i, I also appreciate my alone time uh, a few months ago i learned the term uh amnivert or am- amnivert or whatever which ambivert. Is, yeah, ambivert yeah yeah which is you know a, a basically a cross uh, uh mix of being an introvert and an extrovert and I think that that's me like there's times when I'm all about like yo let's let's party let's do whatever let's whatever turn up. right <laughs> and then other times I'm like yo get the fuck out of my face I don't want to see nobody I don't want to talk to nobody <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I just need to like you said sort of recharge but I want to be able to do that on my own you know and just kind of get away from everybody else like I, I do right. appreciate my alone time um, and, and even over the years I've been able to sort of figure out how to get that alone time even when I'm around other people if that makes sense which I would imagine to you it might make sense but you know for other folks if that can make sense to you or whatever yeah yeah you know I all the time like I'll go to like a bar or something and I'll take a book yeah or take a comic book or whatever and just I want people around but I don't necessarily want to interact right I do all all the time or go to cafe you know I want to be productive want to be out but you know still have my headphones don't necessarily want to interact but one need that energy of the other people you know right. exactly exactly man all right so you know we we got into a little bit of your personal story and everything like that but uh now we're going to go ahead and transition into some of this cannabis talking before we really do that I want to try to get some terminology correct, make sure that we're using the right words and everything. So I want to ask you, um, you know, we know the words like cannabis, marijuana, weed, you know, whatever other words people have for it. Are those mm-hmm. terms all interchangeable or are there sort of are there differences um, between those things? You know, what I'm saying like the people call it cannabis culture. But if they said marijuana culture, would they be misspeaking? 
No, they're they're all the same thing. Okay. But since now um, cannabis is becoming or weed's becoming more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, the term cannabis is used more freak- frequently, and I think it's uh, basically like a marketing tactic to kind of kind of break away from that stigma of like weed right. or marijuana. Um, but they're all it's like the same shit. Like I, depending on who I talk to, you know, I'll call it cannabis or weed or tree or anyone has like tree. Usually like trees, you know what I mean. Yeah. But that's only a certain group of people (laughs) (laughs) the cool people so cannabis cannabis is sort of just like the the corporate clean that's uh, exactly okay all right so it's making it more like kind of palatable and mainstream right right. it's all the same dank ganja weed marijuana cannabis same all right um are there any other words or terms that we should know about uh, as we sort of get into this conversation or I mean some of it probably had just come up in the flow of things or whatever but I, yeah. I didn't know if there was any other things that you wanted to kind of say you know this is what this is and that you know okay so uh, there's a lot of people don't know at least outside of California are the states that are medicinal um, or states that you, you just don't have access so there's a thing called dabbing and that's um that's basically vaporizing a concentrate, a, a marijuana concentrate. So I'm gonna be probably use that several times. So if you don't know what that is, that's what it is. And if you are curious about it, YouTube it. Use okay. your Googles. Use your Googles and your YouTubes. All yeah. Right, so you know, for you, what what was you know? Do you remember the first time you smoked and and what was that experience like? Oh my god, yeah. Okay, so, so like I, I was around weed like my whole life, you know, and I guess we had. I didn't have a desire. I didn't. I never thought it was bad or anything, um, but I didn't smoke until uh, I think I was eighteen or seventeen. With my my cousin actually is a few years younger than me, um, and he at the time uh, sold tree. And we we went we went to a party or something, um, and I took with took him. I was in college. I was eighteen, so I took him to the party with me, uh, where he was in Sacramento because I, I knew someone up there, and we smoked. And at that time, he was like sixteen, but he smoked a lot at sixteen, so or he was like seventeen, something like that. And so we rolled up, and we just smoked like a bunch of blunts. And it was like one of my first few times. We had a hot box my grandpa's old truck. We went to the party, it was chill. Hot box my grandpa's truck, and then I got a little paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> so we hot box the truck, and I was like, what is that noise? And he's like, it's nothing. And like, I had to duck down in the truck, right? Thinking someone was gonna come <laughs> arrest me. <laughs> <laughs> then like an idiot right we the <laughs> truck was completely like smoked up like like Snoop Dogg was in there okay right <laughs> so I opened the door <laughs> like a big billow of smoke like was pummeling out of the truck and like I was trying to run but like my body my mind was like run but my body was like no <laughs> <sighs> it was so funny. Yeah. And my cousin was like, he's like, where the fuck are you going? You're not running anywhere. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yo, you was fucked up. I was so fucked up, right? Because before that, I maybe I smoked a little bit, but I didn't really get super high. But I was like, I was so high. Yeah, <laughs> it was so you, funny. You sound like how Craig was on Friday and shit. Your cousin was sitting there like smoking. Like I knew I shouldn't have gave that nigga no chronic. I knew I shouldn't have gave him no. Chronic. Right. Exactly. That's right. exactly how it was. Yeah. <laughs> I bet whenever you saw that movie, you know what I'm saying, it probably made you think of that. If it was, if that was after this this uh, event that you're talking about, like yo, that yeah, that was me and that was me and Cuzzo, man. Um, yeah, that was definitely me and him. <laughs> so that wasn't necessarily your <laughs> first time smoking or whatever, but you know, was it at the time? It sounds like you know it was just kind of cool, something you did every now and then or whatever. Like, how, yeah, how, on occasion. Right. So how did it become you know something that you actually got more into? Um, like later on in my like college years, like towards my uh, junior and senior year, I got more into uh, smoking. Um, more into weed in general. I uh, actually took a class. I took a med- medical ethnobotany class, and a significant amount of that class um, actually focused focused on like the science of cannabis because my degree is in biology. Okay. Uh, so, and so I got really interested then, and I was hanging out with like a a friend, and at the time she was a coworker also, but her boyfriend was the plug. So, like we we would get really high like before class. Right. Oh man. I bet that like, was a motherfucking trip right God. there, going high and then going to that class. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was good. Like I got an A in that class. It was hella easy. I bet you uh, did. Yeah, so I would go to go to class high, and then it was, and that kind of just kind of changed my perception. I'm like, this is making class so much better, and like I still did well in it, um, and like learning kind of like the science, you know, behind like the plant and the uh, cannabinoids and how they're beneficial and all that stuff was like got me really interested and I know my professor was high as shit because every <laughs> time he taught the class I know he was um, so that's when I got really interested that was like around my junior year of college before that you know just you know every once in a while um, and so I got more interested that way and then you know after college and through like adulthood I just started smoking more more for stress relief at that point. Okay. So you mentioned some of the science behind it, man. Go ahead and break down whatever, you know, you can remember from, from that class or whatever. You know, like, let's get into the science of marijuana. What what kind of, kinds of things did you learn in that class about, about this plant? Um, I, I basically learned, like, the, the benefits of the actual plant and the different um, components. You, you know, when you think of marijuana, you only think of THC. Right. But there's, like... There's much more than just THC. We have like um, we have receptors actually in our brain for uh, cannabinoids, um, which is actually the components or the chemicals in marijuana that makes you like high or provide stress relief or the, the all the other benefits. Um, so it was super interesting to learn actually we have receptors in our brain for like the plant and like if there's any justification that as humans we should be using a cannabis in some form it's that right you know um so that was like super super interesting to me and uh later on down the line um i learned a lot more about like the different um like cannabinoids like what beneficial of thc and now you're here like cbd which is like 
really big. It's starting to commercially become very popular, and it's because it was popular pe- before, but now uh, you hear it a lot because it that's like the non like one of the primary non psychoactive like chemicals in cannabis, and uh, that's used for you know kids with epilepsy and seizures and people with multiple sclerosis and um, those types of things to help them with their like health issues right so is the fact that we have these receptors in our mind um that are already sort of you know they're there like to 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 you know so is that why you know people talk about how you know when you smoke it makes you more creative or it does this or does that because it's not just people thinking that you know the weed is making me feel this way or whatever like it's actually a chemical reaction going yeah there's on. Like, yeah there's actually a chem- chemically that's what's actually happening in your brain word that's what's up i didn't know that you know what i'm saying i just thought it was something that people always said and sort of like um you know just kind of a justification that people right make no, in order to smoke. True. you know like i just like to get high or whatever but i'm gonna say it makes me more creative you know what i mean like and not to say that <laughs> that that's not true for some people but you know say like it just sounds like some shit weed heads you know would say or whatever You're right um, i get it so when you actually learned about that it had to be like you know damn that's, that's light bulb shit right light bulb <laughs> moment or whatever and then so yeah if i was in that class i would have started smoking too like shit nigga i'm about to really test this out i'm about to see, see what's up with these receptors man you know what i mean see how that shit really goes um go ahead me me going to class high shit was just you know i was just testing the theory right, out. it was just an experiment it was, in the, it, was a, it was science yeah word <laughs> I'm doing an experiment, uh, Doctor So and So. It's you know it's for class. I'm a biology major, so it's okay. Um, so, have you ever felt addicted to marijuana, or was it always something that you felt you had control over? Uh, There's something I ha- definitely have control over because for a while I didn't I didn't smoke very much. Like a few years ago, I basically stopped. Besides, like when I hung out with like my my cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause my partner, one like I should honestly should not have let someone else kind of dictate that, but he would be really judgy, and so I just like stopped, and it wasn't really an issue until I needed stress relief, you know? Right. Because um, I have like a bit of an anxiety issue, so uh, I rather any day like smoke a smoke a bowl or a blunt or whatever than like take a Xanax or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. So a lot of people look at stop. yeah it's it's a pretty it's pretty easy for me to stop and luckily I don't have an addictive personality yeah, and it's not and you can't chemically become addictive addicted to cannabis mm. um, but you can become addicted to like the feeling you know some people just constantly need the feeling of being high but it's different than being chemically addictive like you can for cocaine or alcohol okay or any of those things. I guess ultimately, even though there's that difference, it can still sort of have the same impact if you, like you said, if you have an addictive personality and you right. are addicted to the feeling of it or whatever, but in terms of like right. an actual physical chemical dependence, your body does not create that when it comes to the weed. It's really all in your mind, I guess. Um, right. 
So a lot of people look at marijuana as a gateway drug, you know, a gateway to using, you know, other harder drugs or whatever. Um, you know, what do you, what is your opinion of that notion? What do you think of that? I think that's bullshit, okay? Like, I never, not one day in my life, even when I was younger and, you know, I was easily or more easily swayed, I never thought, okay, let me hit this blunt and I'm going to go smoke this crack now. No. <laughs> like, No. It's it just not necess- not a, a gateway drug. Yeah. I, and I, I think it's just, you know, we're, we're kids of the D.A.R.E. era. So I think that is just one of those things that kind of has stayed with us since that era. You know, and plus it's still not federally legal. Right. There's still a push, especially now, you know, Sessions wants to, you know, kind of roll back things that would keep like low level offenders out of jail he wants to roll those back to put their asses back in jail yeah so you know it's just one of those things it's definitely not a gateway drug uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I've I've smoked. You know, it never was really my thing. I didn't have the benefit of taking a, a biology class that would tell me about <laughs> yeah. you know how great it was or whatever when I was in college. So <laughs> it never really became my thing like that. But it's something that I've done. You know what I'm saying? And it was cool. You know what I'm saying? I've I've been pretty high at times. You know what I'm saying? But I never, like you said, I never really wanted to take on something more powerful than that. You know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah. Next time, okay. So in 2018, uh, weed will be recreationally, you know, it's voided legal in California, but it'll be recreationally legal completely after regulations are shored up in 2018. So if you come out, I'm going to get you really high. (laughs) Yo, that that works. That'll work. Yeah, yeah. It, weed is so different now too. There's like so many different ways to consume. Yeah, and we, we're definitely gonna get into that um, as well. Actually, you know, we can go ahead and get into that right now. What are, What are some of the ways? What, what actually before I get into asking you that question, I did want to ask you where do you think that gateway drug stigma came from? Like I said, the like all the dare, you know, bullshit, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, marijuana has been criminalized for for a long time even though at a certain point hemp was legal uh, within the United States and you could grow it and it's not only um, beneficial to smoke but the the male plant which is hemp um, it's beneficial for a lot of things you can make paper and you can make clothing and it's really renewable it pulls toxins out of the soil like it's super beneficial, right? But you know, it just became one of those things um, that was targeted and deemed as like being bad, and so it, it just from there, I think. Yeah, um, and in addition to the gateway thing, what are some of the other negative stigmas that that you are aware of or, or know that marijuana has? Um, in the general public that you might want to like debunk yeah that, like the that's one of the purposes of like my blog also calling mary jane with the i m-a-r-i-j-a-n-e um it's to kind of debunk like the lazy like the non-productive stoner because mm. um, i've been smoking forever like literally forever <laughs> um so like i went to berkeley i graduated i went to fucking class high 
I got really grades actually, good grades, especially if I was writing high. Okay, um, you know I've been a fairly productive adult. Uh, like I worked at a NASA research center. I did all kinds of stuff, right? And I, I'm trying to do some interesting things now. Like as a stoner, like if people always think, oh, you're just so lazy, whatever, or you they think of like, like the kid on the block, you know, like the black kid basically on the block. Or the stoner white kid with with dreads, and that's not even the case. Right. That's there true. are those people, right? But like, still, <laughs> that's not that's not everyone, and that's not the industry wouldn't be worth billions and billions of dollars if it was just those people. Right. So, and you know, is it is it sort of hard to? get out of being seen that way you know what i'm saying like it, yeah because a lot of yeah. people like you said that's the first thing that people think about so when when people come across your blog or when they come across you or they see you you know rolling up and lighting up and all that kind of stuff i mean i'm sure a lot of people just kind of in passing you don't give a fuck what they think but when it comes to you know people whose opinions you might actually you know care about or whatever like that you know is, mm-hmm. is it hard to sort of get them to see you in the light that you want to be seen in and not see you as you know that lazy stoner person that that you know just wants to get high and all of that kind of stuff right yeah like even with my family there's you know a history of like marijuana on both sides of the family but i i've even had to like i've sat down you know even uh, even as recently as a few weeks ago went to breakfast like with my dad's side, my dad, my grandma, my aunt, um, and like had a conversation, basically open, openly, probably I think the most, they all know when I smoke, right? But openly about like the industry, about like my interest, about me trying to transition my career, and about how basically, because all of them have some sort of health issue, um, how they should be using cannabis, and I, you know, kind of basically educated them. So when you start to like educate people on the uses and the benefits, um, then they they start to kind of like kind of change their perspective. But it takes a lot. Still, there's still some people like, oh no, you know, you can smoke weed and be a bad person, like reefer madness all over again, which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Word, man. Um. So. I wanted to ask you, we want to go back a moment for uh-huh. uh, to talk about the different ways of consuming oh, yeah, marijuana. Huh? Um, of course, most of us know about, um, you know, smoking it. And then, of course, we also know that there are edibles. But what other ways can people can uh, what other ways can people consume marijuana? Uh-huh. Well, there's so many ways. OK. And there's even different ways to smoke. Okay. So I'll try to. Break uh, it down. Break it down. Break it down. Obviously, we, everyone knows about a joint or uh, smoking out of a bowl or bong and a blunt. Those are kind of like the most common ways people know, and that's just dry flour. Mm. But now, even for dry flour, there are like portable portable devices that are like you know like e-cigarettes basically, right. and you could even vaporize dry flour. Uh, there's some of those things that there's one called a Pax, and it's a vaporizer, and it kind of actually looks like a like a, just a bigger version of like a USB, 
And so you you load the flour into like a, a chamber and you vaporize it. And it looks completely like discreet. It's really interesting. Um, and then also there, there's a bunch of different products like that. New uh, ways to vaporize. Just vaporize plain old flour. Um, and it makes it a little more like healthy because igniting it, you know, even even though there are medicinal benefits of like cannabis, but igniting it still, you know, there's still a little bit of an unhealthiness there. Okay. Um, so it's a little more healthy just to vaporize it. And so you're just taking in like the water, like a water vapor. So it's a cleaner way to smoke. So is that kind uh, of like, uh, sort of like how hookah is? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, it filter, you know, like filters out. You know what I mean? Right. It filters out like the tobacco, so it's not so harsh. So just just for conversation's sake, so I actually have a a little small hookah in here. Huh. If I were to actually uh-huh. put weed in there, would I be able to smoke it that way, vaporize it? I think you could do hash. Okay. Word. Yeah, you have, so, yeah. All right, so vaporizing. What other what other ways can we can we get? Um, there's that way, and then you could also uh, take a dab. And I mentioned that earlier. Yep. And a dab is a concentrate, and so there's many ways to make a concentrate. Uh, one of the most common is like a BHO, uh, which is butane hash oil. So uh, through a pretty like complicated process, you use. Um, basically butane pressure and like heat to extract the cannabinoids um, from from flour. Um, there's that and then it produces either you could get like a shatter which looks kind of like a clearish taffy or you could get a crumble or what people call cake batter which actually looks like cake batter. Um, you get a resin, a live resin, what they call it. Um, and in that, you could use that to dab. Um, and also, in, in terms of concentrates, there is something called a rosin, not a resin. And a rosin is uh, you take flour um, and you put it between, uh, it's called like a, a, a rosin bag, basically like kind of like cheesecloth. And you use, you use a press, and the press uses heat. Um, heat and pressure to ex- basically press out the oils and um, components of your marijuana. So that's becoming really popular uh, because that is like a non-chemical way to e- extract the concentrates from the marijuana. Okay. Uh, but the yield isn't super duper high and you have to, it depends on, it really depends on like the flour. It, it heats up past decarboxylation uh so like past two thc uh, decarbs i think at 238 so that means decarb by the way is um in marijuana there's thca that's like the form it's in there meaning it's not psychoactive it has to be activated mm. um and you decarb it and it becomes thc which is what everyone knows about at I believe 238. Okay, so uh, the decarbon is that is that when you add heat to it? Add heat, so exactly. You, so That's why you smoke it, you get high. Okay, right? okay. So normally it just sits in there as THCA. When yes. you heat it up, when you light it on fire or whatever, the, it, the A goes away and it just becomes THC and, yes. and that's what releases yeah. the... Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's why if you make butter, you... you some It's recommended that you heat up your weed 
for like 40 minutes at like 250 so you could decarb it so it could be activated mm. okay mm-hmm. all right um and are there any other ways that you wanted to mention um there's tinctures there's so many ways okay there's, so many there's tinctures like just like a dropper i have a bunch of tinctures here um so there's some tinctures that are like a blend of like a cbd which is non-psychoactive and thc um and that's used i see the tinctures more as medicinal or just someone like you know they they want to like get some pain relief or they just want to plain old get high but don't want to smoke don't want any of that want something that's fast quick you know take with your morning vitamin uh is like a tincture just like a dropper dropper bottle basically of um like a concentrate okay i use that it's hella convenient super duper convenient um there's so many like edibles aren't even like just the brownies or the cookies or whatever the hell there's so much there's candies and you know like sour chews or mints and chocolate bars like high-end chocolate bars you know okay so i've always i've always heard that with edibles um it doesn't hit you immediately but no it does not you in the teeth like a while later is it what's i know there's a reason for that do you know what the reason for that is Mm, i think it's just the um because thc absorbs in your lungs okay most instantly so when you smoke you get the absorption so when you eat something it has to take time to like absorb through your bloodstream okay okay. so that makes sense and Mm -hmm. of of the different ways that you mentioned i mean you 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 mentioned that you smoked and that you've done the tinctures or whatever. What What are your other preferred methods for your, your uh, personal use? I use like a vaporizer pen, like a, with a um, like an oil in it, and it's really convenient because I recommend like a pen for you know people who kind of want to try uh, cannabis. Like to my family, who's like, oh, I don't want to smoke or whatever. I recommend a pen because it, one, it doesn't smell. Um, two, it's super convenient, very, very discreet. And since like e-cigarettes are that, you know, non-marijuana e-cigarettes are really popular. Yeah. Like you don't, you do not know the difference. Like at, when you take a puff, you may smell a little, but it goes away instantly. So you could do it in your home if you have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like a way that's really convenient that I like. It's not the same as smoking flour to me, but you know, if I'm in a place where I can't roll up, it's right. it's ideal for me. Oh, that's dope! You can get high and nobody knows it. <laughs> exactly. That's you could go up. on your break from work yeah. and just be puffing along, and go back and work, not giving a damn about any of those people. I'm gonna start looking it's- at people now. Next time I go out, I'm gonna I'm gonna start looking at motherfuckers. <laughs> Are you smoking weed? <laughs> uh, I'm right. like, yo, Chelsea taught me all the inside information. I know what y'all motherfuckers <laughs> are doing out here now. All right, so right. um, <laughs> uh, what was the next thing? Uh, I lost my place here. Okay, so um, we've talked about uh the fact that there are benefits to marijuana. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you know you use it to sort of alleviate stress and everything like that. Mm-hmm. What are just give us a few of the other benefits, and if you would, if you know particular strains that you know are good for those things, go ahead and, and shout some of those out as well. Okay, so um, weed is particular good good for like pain relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I use it for pain relief, I'm still like pretty physically active, um, and 
I do I power lift and powerlifting hurts and I have like old sport, sports injuries um, so weed is amazing for pain relief uh, a good for me a good indica which is there's two strains there's an indica and a sativa and then there or the three there's and there's hybrids mm-hmm. three types of strains there's a million different strains but the, these are just three primary primary types um, so an indica is more relaxing it's you want to for me, I want to smoke indica kind of like in the evening, maybe before dinner or, or, or something like that to like relax me, then I'll be able to fall asleep. A sativa is a little more uplifting, creative, and um, that's like for me, it's more kind of like daytime if I want to be productive. And then hybrids, it, it kind of depends which uh, type is dominant. So, so uh huh. Just, just let me ask you real quick. So hybrids are a combination between the indica and the sativa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those are it, just a, a different strain. Strains have been hybridized. Right. Uh, and and usually one strain is is more dominant. Like you have an indica dominant or a sativa dominant. So. And my my favorite. Well, recently I've been smoking a lot of. Um, what have I been smoking? I've been smoking a lot of everything, but a lot of OG. <laughs> I have. It's ridiculous. Because I, I try different things. So, uh, yeah. So, I've been smoking a lot of, like, OG strains. Those are usually my favorite. Um, I had a banana OG. Actually, that was fire. Um, Kosher Kush is also delicious, and that's uh, a pretty strong indica, and that's great for, like, pain relief and stress and... Um, it's also good for for veterans as well, or people who have PTSD, the veteran population in particular, or people who've done uh, first response, or or anyone who has been traumatized. Um, Which is everybody. it helps kind of like, <laughs> one that yeah, that's everyone, but um, it helps you kind of like calm down, you know, mm-hmm. and calm down like your anxiety. Um, so what what is it? What is an OG yeah. strain? What what does that term mean? Um, OG it's just that's like the genetics of the strain. Um, I, I believe they have to look it up. Actually, I don't know where OGs actually were. Somewhere I think in the Emerald Triangle, um, which is up here in the Bay in the Bay Area, going a little more north. I think that's where it was first hybridized so that so these are coming from a particular region yeah it's like a genetics it's like what what i think i tell people to think about we think about it in terms of like wine you know wine is very regional yes you have you have different grapes you have you know even the the same type of grape from a different region will taste differently Mm -hmm. um so think of weed as the same it's like it as the same thing you know yeah and actually um that kind of leads into the next thing that i wanted to ask you know we've been talking about different strains or whatever like mm-hmm. how exactly did the different strains come about you already mentioned the sativa and the indica and what was the third one uh, and then there's just a, a hybrid the hybrid that's right okay so indica sativa and hybrids um how did these different strains come about like is it really just a matter of mixing and matching things or whatever so is there like a basically a I'm thinking of it like this, okay, so you've got the basic, just generic-ass indica, 
leaf, right? Then is it a matter of how you grow it and different things that you do to it that causes it to turn into that banana joint that you had or, you know, some other flavor stuff? Like exactly how do you take, you get from the basic root or, or just the, the, the regular ass plant to these different hybrid joints? If, there if there really sense. is no like just well like regular ass plant there's like different types like you know just like there's different types of tomatoes or different types of whatever you know what I mean whatever plant different types of corn there's different types of uh, or different strains of weed and that that's bearing its genetics so just like uh, creating like a banana kush or or um, or blue cookies or are those types of strains? Um, it requires like basically like agriculture science. Mm. So you um, you I'm not a grower. I have grown before, but I'm not like a master grower. So I'm not the best probably to tell you like how to like develop your own strain. But Google's will tell you, and if you read up a little bit on like actually really how to grow, that will tell you. Mm. So but so what you do is get like two strains and. Um, you you basically like cross them, but I don't know what the process is like. It's it's almost like creating any type of I think a hybrid like fruit or a hybrid plant. Okay. Like a you know, like it's, a, it's basically agriculture science um, to create these strains, and people figured it out. You know, like the hood figured it out, <laughs> and the hippies in the hills yeah. figured it out without like the science. But if you look down to like its core it's like an agriculture science creating a hybrid between two different types of two different types of the same plant to get a desired result okay. you know like you know like a, a tangelo or any type of like or like i've had the cotton candy grapes that plant was a hybridized or that grape was hybrid taking a regular green grape hybridized somehow to produce that desired kind of cotton candy flavor okay and and weed is the same so you could develop the genetics you know cross two different strains and for a desired result either you may want something that's more indica dominant or sativa dominant or with a high THC or lower THC or a higher CBD so um, to, to get your desired result so it's really so, just so, go ahead yeah it's science you know it's like really science right right so it's, it sounds like it's just like you just said just science really and just a matter of experiment just fucking around like you know i've got this yeah experimenting with your experimenting with your grow right uh, and with the different genetics and and different like seeds that you have mm-hmm. so yeah man that's 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 pretty real right there that's kind of what i thought it might have been but of course you know i don't really know so i wanted to make sure that i ask you about that man you know what i'm saying just to sort of pick your brain about it um right i'm interested in the growing super interested in the growing part so i'm trying to learn myself i know i look i know a lot about it but and i've done actually a little bit of growing but not enough and so that i think that's like the aspect that I'm trying to educate myself on more is like the farming, you know, the farming part. That's all it is, is just farming. Right. And what what was that experience like for you when you did it? Like what, sort of what was your process and, you know, how to, you know, sort of take us it's, into, it's into that. Work. It's hard as work. It's hard. <laughs> it is like, especially like people think, oh, you just plant the weed and that's it. And it grows, you know, there is wild weed, right? But 
it does, it's not going to yield the the result. It's going to be like yeah. low THC and whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so that's just that's why the weed our parents smoked and our grandparents smoked is not the same as now because it was just grown wild with like low THC. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but growing, uh, I have more experience growing in like greenhouse and outdoor and the, uh, de- depending on the plant, they have like a, a 60, sometimes 60 to 80 day cycle. So from when they're, um, a baby to, to when they're grown girls. So. Um, it's constant work, like constant watering. And if you have a greenhouse, like a light depth greenhouse, you have to remove like the cover at the same time every single day to give it natural sunlight, then put it back on a, uh, at the same time every single day. You have to provide nu- nutrients, make sure um, it's watered and flushed. And um, indoor grows are even more complicated because you don't have the natural sun. So you have to make sure your lighting is correct. Mm. Uh, you make sure you have the right type of lighting for different stages because there's uh, when it's in the vegetation stage and then when it's uh, actually flowering. And you don't want your bud to do any of those things at the wrong time or so your crop and your yield will be ruined. Okay. Uh, so it, it is like, it is a fair amount of work. You know, even even these motherfuckers who have grow houses, you know, because grow houses are everywhere, located all around the country, because the black market, even in legal states, still exists. Right. So, even people who have like grows in like their house, you know what I mean, have these whole houses that are just growing. It's it's still like a lot of work, because you make sure your lighting and your temperature and your airflow and your different soil types or if you don't want to do soil you could do hydroponic and if you're flushing the water and all kinds of stuff it's really complicated it's, yeah. it's not terribly difficult but there are a lot of steps right uh, and there's a, a lot to learn yeah it sounds like a, a, a pretty large commitment and like you said like not necessarily hard to do but it's, it's very detailed work and you gotta st- you know stick with it and sort of pay attention to what's going on and what you're doing and you know, the plan. pay attention to the process right. you know like and what's important too is picking the right nutrients um and you have to be aware of like fungus and different um like pests and what some motherfuckers do uh is use like chemical like pesticides mm. and shit on the flower. And if you're going to smoke that, you're smoking that pesticide too. Yeah. So there, there's no such thing as organic weed because you can't technically call it that. Um, but you should make sure, even if you need a, you know, it's not a legal state and you have a plug, if they know like how that weed was grown. Right. I would ask. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, we think about it on the, the end of it like you know who rolled this or what did they put into it when they when they rolled it because you don't want to smoke no crazy shit but on the front right. side of it well how is this shit grown what kind of pesticides oh, or chemicals did you put on it like you know those are those are real important questions that people need to ask um right because some shit will you know it, uh, pesticide or fungicide or, or things will make your flower aesthetically look good mm-hmm. make it bloom but not good for you and, and even the result like it'll be a uh, 
a bud would be like aesthetically pleasing, maybe even have a great terpene profile. Um, and terpenes are, are what actually makes weed like smell and taste good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're like, when you smoke it, you're like, oh, it's just whatever. Because they used, uh, I forgot what it's called, but a chemical basically to make it bloom, make it make the weed actually look good. But really, it's not. It's like the shiny tomato, pretty tomatoes in the grocery store mm-hmm. yeah. that look good. But they taste like shit. Right. Same. Punk ass tomatoes, man. Um, <laughs> bitch ass tomatoes, right? <laughs> bitch ass tomatoes, man. Um, all right, so you know we've been talking about different types of you know ways of consumption and strains and all that kind of stuff. When you we're gonna go back for a moment. When you first started smoking, did you know that there was actually like a cannabis culture, or at the time when you started smoking, was it really just about like yo just smoking for the hell of it and all of that kind of shit? Like, did you know that there was like this whole community of people that was you know there and really you know enthusiastic about you know cannabis? I, I kind of knew because I primarily started smoking in college. I started smoking in college, essentially. So, and I went to Berkeley. So, the hippie school, the right? hippies. The hippie school. So, yeah, I knew I knew about cannabis culture, but didn't really dive deep into it until adulthood. Okay. I knew about it, though, and, like, kind of was around it, uh, but never really dive deep, deep into it. Like, I didn't even realize until, like, several years after I graduated, like, every single day, Walking to class, I would walk past a dispensary every day. Like one of the first dispensaries, like in the state of California, like the Berkeley Patients Group. <laughs> I used to walk past there every day. That's why you're so like, smart at Berkeley. Y'all motherfuckers is blazing up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like oh, okay. I walk past every single day. Word. I gotta get me uh, Berkeley so girl. I didn't even like dive deep into it. Like I used to get my weed from the hood. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> Word. Which is kind of where a lot friends. of people first got their shit at. You know what I'm saying? Like the the time right. that I've smoked or whatever. I know some nigga in the hood dealt that. You know what I mean? Like you know whether whoever I was with, you know that they got it from somebody in the hood who may or may not have known things about how I was grown or whatever, but they just had it on them and you know they were selling it or whatever like that. You, you mentioned earlier. You know, motherfuckers getting locked up behind, you know, the Rockefeller drug laws, you know, low level offenders and stuff like that. You know, a lot of those cats ain't on the street no more because of right. shit that they had or whatever. But that all comes from from the corners and everything. Um, so you were sort of aware, but, you know, not fully aware of the culture or whatever at the time. Do you think mm-hmm. that most people outside the culture even really knows that it exists? Or do you think that we just think that y'all just a, a bunch of people that's trying to get high and shit? I think it's, people just think just a bunch of motherfuckers trying to get high. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's it. <laughs> Word. I, I don't even, like, people outside of the community, because it's, it's small, even though it's a huge industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been to, like, two really big events recently. And we can talk about those two. The, oh, for sure. The difference between like the two different sides, the counterculture side and the business side. Oh, let's do it right uh, now. Let, you know what I'm saying? Like we can go ahead and get into that right now, and then I'll come back and ask you um, some stuff about like what you think the misconceptions are and, and uh, important things that you right. feel like folks need to know about the culture. But yeah, go ahead and talk about that stuff, and then I'll bring those those back up. Yeah. So um, recently, I went to the High Times Cannabis Cup, and that's been going on for a long time, and um, oddly enough, I've never been, and it was my first time. Um, so that is more of the counterculture element, and 
uh, people within like the cannabis community or even outside of it because High Times is a pretty big brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, know about High Times. You know, they put on the Cannabis Cup. It's a magazine. Um, they've been deep into like the cannabis culture for a very, very long time. Um, and even though High Times it has recently been bought, I think, by one of the Marley Sons and some venture capital firm. Um, but that's more the counterculture element. It's like what we call like the dab heads, like people who are really like weed heads. Like, so I think I'm a weed head, but no, like people are super <laughs> duper weed heads. Um, and so that element was cool. It was like a giant ass festival. Uh, instead of like a state fair with, you know, normal state fair shit, it's just all like weed products, edibles and different flowers and a lot of different types of concentrates because concentrates are like where the industry is grow- is going at this point. Mm. Um, so there's so many different elements. Uh, it's a big festival. You know, people, you see all kinds of eccentric people, people super tatted, like tie-dye. You see the hood there. You see like, you know, the hippie white kids, like the Asian kids. Like everybody, everyone's there, and it's like kind of like it's a cool vibe, very counterculture. A lot of lots of like tattoos. I saw some like naked people running around, women with their basically their boobs out, just you know, having a good time, enjoying the sun, smoking a lot of weed. Um, and there's also like cool programming. Uh, there's like there was like a cooking programming. There's like some talks, um, and there's also the high time. It's called the cannabis cup because people enter in their product um, for different categories, and there's a ton of different categories. There's best flower, best indica, best sativa, best CBD dominant, best edible, best CBD edible, best topical, like a, a topical cream, best like beauty product best chef best the best everything you know like um so really interesting there's like concerts like it was dope because it was on one of the the first days of the um or it was during the nba finals so after the day after i was really high um and i went with a, a company i'm working with uh cbd power bars um we just basically were chilling, like, and they projected the game. So it was dope, like, to be there, like, in the sun, the game projected, you know, rolling up more, more tree with the homies next to me. It was super cool. Um, and then kind of compare that and contrast that to another event I went to uh, was the National Cannabis Industry Association Conference, NCIA. Um, and that is more of the business side. It's companies that serve the cannabis uh, industry, like packaging companies, lighting companies, companies that sell, that do marketing, that do technology that serve like uh, dispensaries and uh, different companies. And um, there's, there's like insurance companies. So it's like a big industry conference, but there wasn't people like this, you know, people on like the uh, convention floor, you know, kind of displaying that actually sold weed. Mm. It was all people that service the weed industry, like laboratories and new tech, emerging technologies and consultants and all those things. 
uh, and the crowd was a lot different. It was a lot more. Uh, it was less melanated. Yeah, <laughs> say that's that. What I was okay. Thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It was less melanated. Okay. Um, and like the vibe wasn't as like chill because it's like a business conference, right? right? So you have those people who are there just to network, and you have those like sharks, right? Um, that were there just to network. And that's it. And then you have people also from that grow and people who are kind of in like the entire culture, the business side, and also the counterculture side. And that kind of can go go between both like worlds. And I've seen people at high times and seen same people there, so that was cool too. Um, and the NCIA was more like making contacts, uh, but it was cool because I went to. The, the highlight, because I didn't go to like any of the talks or anything, um, but the highlight was going to a few of like the mixers. I went to one mixer with a uh, group called the Hood Incubator, which is founded by black women, which is so dope. Yes, it's it basically they um, are looking to help get people of color especially people of color that have been negatively impacted by drug laws, you know, um, into the cannabis industry. So it kind of provides coaching and classes and uh, a platform so they could pitch, so they could get funding. And and it's really dope, like such a dope organization. So I went to a mixer with, with them that they put on, and it was like, it was super diverse. Like you could tell like the street was there, you know, people like, the hood was there that wants to get in the industry legally. Some business people were there who, you know, kind of know how to maneuver both worlds and and that sort of thing. Uh, other professionals like me, there's media people there. There were, you know, people from different um, like magazines, and it was cool. Super diverse, like hella diverse. You saw all age groups, all colors, all everything. Um, and you see that on like on my Instagram. It was dope. And then I went to contrast that with another mixer I went to. Uh, another party, like after party for the conference that was in a dope, really dope space. And this is another incubator, but this is more of like a, a cannabis startup incubator. And it's, uh, it's kind of operated as such, you know? Mm. So the space was really dope and cool. Uh, but you could tell the crowd is so much different. Like at the hoodie incubator, uh, basically it was a turn up. Uh, it was like it was a turn up. That's what that's what it was. And it was that's cool. It was super dope. The we people were like smoking and like sharing and but like at the other one, people were smoking cigarettes. So it's basically people like business people who want to get in the industry because there's opportunity, but that that don't don't smoke weed. Okay. Or barely posers. smoke, or smoke a little bit. You know what yeah. I mean. And so the vibe was completely different. Mm. Completely different. Yeah, that doesn't sound like much fun. It, it like it was only fun, like because I was with my people. You know what I mean. Right. But aside from that, like even the DJ it was funny. I was walk, you know, walk past the DJ booth to go to the restroom. The DJ was a black woman, and she just looked like what kind of shit is this <laughs> like, she didn't even look like she was having fun honestly yeah. 
y'all probably caught eye contact with each other like girl girl like what the fuck man right yeah. he's like what kind of shit is this these dry ass people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up man so um going back to uh sort of the perception of things of you know people outside what are some of the biggest misconceptions you think uh people outside of the culture have about cannabis culture uh like I mentioned, just like kind of like the laziness and like unproduct unproductivity, and like being like you're a drug addict because you smoke weed. No, you're not. Okay, <laughs> no, you're not. You're like a bad person, or you can't be a good parent, or you can't be a good professional, or you can't be whatever just because you smoke weed. Right. That is not that is not the case. Like you have to compare it to like alcohol is legal. Yeah. People. Mommy has her cocktail hour all the damn time, okay? So why can't mommy roll up a joint too? Or bust out her vape pen? Yeah. Mama gotta have a life too, y'all. Yeah. And you get on mama's damn nerves. Right. She needs that joint. Right. We we (laughs) are the reason that our parents Right. We're the reason that our parents need to smoke or drink or both. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what are some of the most important things that you think people from outside the culture should know about it? Um, that it doesn't make you a terrible person. Mm-hmm. You can still be productive. Um, and it's actually, there are tons of health benefits. So, you know, if your job, you know, if you don't get drug tested, cause I'm, don't blame me for losing a damn job, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't get drug tested and you have you have access, why not give it a try? Uh, I hear so many people like, like I have, you know, that have like sleeping problems, that have like pain, that have X, Y, and Z issues, right? That all can be at least alleviated a little bit by cannabis. And you don't have to smoke. There's so many different ways, so. Um, try try whatever way you have access to and hopefully it's not going to be anytime really soon but we'll have com- you know access across the nation I think um, considering me- me- oh, I'll mention this Mexico just went medicinally legal the entire country oh, wow. not just a state the entire country Mexico went legal that's what's up so, how, many, but, how but, many states but, are there in but, Mexico too like it's a big ass country let me look it up. Um, Mexico is huge. Yeah. So that's an entire country. So I think uh, that is going to push the, the United States to legalize at least medicinally across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there's so much opportunity and so much, basically so much money to be made. And knowing our, you know, current administration. Yeah. It, it, they are uh, it's weird they're, they're sending kind of mixed signals because one it, there's a lot of money to be made so why not but then you have like sessions and you have that whole war on drugs again so I, I'm hoping Mexico will push uh, push the, the US to be completely legal at least within the next five years or so because it if all our neighbors, Canada is going to be recreationally legal, then Mexico, medic- the entire country, not just a state, the entire country is medicinally legal. We are, we're going to be asked out in the middle. Yeah. 
and there's billions and billions to be made and that yeah you just you just said it like this if if america is is about one thing they're about making their money so when you see yeah. our neighbors to the north and to the south itself getting that money if nothing else makes motherfuckers be like yo we should legalize this shit and everything it's gonna be that money man cause niggas is gonna be one to get paid off of that shit so like you said it, it might be one of those things where you know just sort of the pressure of seeing other people do it will be you know the the, the motivating factor being the money you know what I'm saying yeah no that that's 100% true it's yeah. not gonna be the medicinal benefits right. it's not gonna be any of those things it is going to be strictly the financial benefits because we can't can't be left out. Like it just it there will be so much pressure, so much economic pressure from Canada and from Mexico that we're gonna have to. And I'm I'm very very happy about Mexico being uh, medicinally legal. That provides so much opportunity for like the local people since you know, poli- like drug policy, uh, trade policy has made a lot of a lot of native people who who used to farm made their livelihood completely unsustainable. Mm-hmm. You know, with NAFTA now you have you should have the old farming population that that knowledge that can farm weed instead of corn, and that's very very profitable. Word up, man. Um, we're getting here close to the end. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's not much much else to be said. There's a lot else that could be said, but I can talk about it for days, obviously. Can talk about it for days, you know what I'm saying? Um, but before we get into any anything else, I want you to tell us about your site, how long you've oh. had it, you know, what made you decide to to, you know, start it up in the first place, and of course like what people can find on there when they when they go when they hit that url which we're going to put in the show notes when they click that link what kind of things will they see when they go to callingmaryjane.com so uh callingmaryjane.com is my blog and it's a essentially a lifestyle blog um i have everything on there from some strain reviews to like events roundup um to things on like some policy Basically, it's the things I just want to write about because it's more lifestyle. Um, I only started it maybe now, maybe six months ago um, or seven months ago. It was basically a passion project, and I've been thinking for a while. I've always, you know, I've been a cannabis enthusiast for a long time, thinking about transitioning my career. Um, I kind of just took the steps last, like late fall, November. Uh, I was like, uh, just. It's something I've been thinking about, especially after like having a little bit of experience growing and uh, things going awry. Um, that like, fuck it, okay, let me start a blog and then kind of try to brand myself. I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like flying by the seat of my pants. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. But it has like kind of like taken me, taken me places. Interestingly enough. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to kind of develop like a more focus for my content. I'm gonna do some like product roundup and uh, a comparison, a more detailed comparison of the two events I, I spoke about earlier. Um, so it's more like lifestyle informational. I try to always have some sort of educational component because that's just who I am. Right. Um, 
And also, just it, it's just a little bit about me, also, because it's a lifestyle thing. So it's about me as a person and about me as a woman. Um, so it's kind of all encompassing. And I, I'm hoping later on to like be able to highlight people of color in the industry in particular, everyone, but especially people of color, because once you you know dive deep into the culture, you realize, hey, uh, there's these less melanated people, which is cool. But the people who have been punished very harshly for uh, kind of being being in the industry when it was in the gray or black market mm-hmm. have been black and brown people, right? People still incarcerated for bullshit marijuana uh, crimes, um, which is also very important to me to get those people out of jail, right? Especially since people are making millions and millions of dollars, you know. So. Yeah, so that's what you can find at Calling Mary Jane. Calling uh, M-A-R-I-J-A-N-E, and that's all one word, dot com. Um, also, my Instagram is calling underscore Mary Jane, M-A-R-I-J-A-N-E, um, on Instagram. And there I post, post more like like personal stuff, kind of highlights from like events I go to, um, some selfies, you know, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, man, selfies be fire too, dog. I be looking like, mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, yo, yeah, her, her Instagram page is cool, like you said, because she posts, you know, stuff like that, so you get to see how, how pretty she is or whatever. But then also, like, it looks like some of the stuff that you post on there are from some of these events and places that you get to go to. Yeah. So you get a little bit of yes. a sneak peek of, you know, what's going on um, at some of these places or whatever. So that's that's pretty dope as well. Um, so check those out. We'll, we'll have her shout those out one more time. And then, of course, we'll put those in the show notes. The last couple of things, you know, we sort of talked about a bit of a division in the culture or whatever, you know, how there's like two sides or whatever. But, you know, are there any other like issues or things like that that, you know, is kind of like hot topics of debate or discussion or whatever uh within the cannabis community right now um particular for me you know being an afro-latina the uh, kind of like i guess the the diversity within the industry like the more corporate side is not all that diverse okay yeah. it's like almost any industry it's a little more diverse from my form my, my former industry i did like environmental consulting and then uh, energy efficiency consulting so a technical account management which is like my last job which i actually love my last job but i did not have not one black woman in my entire bay bay area both offices i was the one right so you see more of that in the cannabis industry but like the inclusion within the industry is very very important to me in particular everyone like everyone should have like an opportunity and i think the industry is indebted to people who have been incarcerated and punished so harshly for marijuana related crimes right. i think it's indebted to the to those people because they built the culture you know they built it and then now it's just taking on a new form which is more like corporate right um, so that's incredibly important to me and you know especially on social media I see these things I see like you know cannabis for women and what kind of women do I see white women which is cool but it needs to be diverse I don't see anyone else 
but white women. Yeah, we gotta we gotta definitely diversify, man. Like people that burns of color, me up on the inside. We, we need to be, huh? And that burns me up on the inside. Like, oh, I feel you because like, you know I, I like to you know be around us as much as possible. You know what I'm saying? It was funny. I was at the bank yesterday and was talking about the uh, the conference that I went to down in Orlando for my job. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, I go to the bank like each week. I I, I keep it old school. You know what I'm saying? I, I go to the bank. So you know, I, huh? Old man Leonard. So whatever, man. I'm the youngest nigga y'all know, man. I'm, I'm young fly nigga with it. I just happen to be certain All right. age. But yeah, I still I still rock with the bank. You know what I'm saying? I, I carry cash on me, which a lot of people don't do. You know what I'm saying? But um, so you know, I go in there, and you know, they they know me in there. And uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, is a black teller, and well, the other girl, she she's light skin. I don't know if she's black or if she she might be Afro Latina like you or something like that, man. But she's definitely brown or whatever. I always you know chit chat with them, you know what I'm saying when I go in there. And you know, I was talking to um, the sister yesterday, and she was like, yeah, you know, she asked me a little about the, the joint, and um, I was telling her about you know some of the stuff that we did, and you know what it is, basically an AV tech type of trade show slash conference and all that kind of stuff and she asked me she was like you know were there some of and she she wiped her you know rubbed her hand across her skin or whatever like basically saying like were there some of us out there I was like oh yeah definitely you know I I was like you know with our group we were supposed to have seven people go but you know one guy's mother-in-law passed away like right before we were supposed to leave so he had to stay in town um but of the six of us that went, you know what I'm saying, four of us were black folks, you know what I'm saying, including, cool. you know, our department head, my supervisor, and another person in management, and then myself. And then, you know, there's people from all around the country and all around the world, you know, who work in jobs and, you know, in different sorts of AV, whether it be straight for AV companies or at universities or whatever it is. And, you know, there's definitely a good number of black and brown folks, you know, at, at the joint you know what I'm saying and, I, and I, that's one thing I pre, I've gone three times this is the first time I went to it in Orlando the other two times I went were in Vegas um, oh that's your hair cool yeah you know what I'm saying but um, that's one thing that I appreciate about it you know what I'm saying that that there are so many people that look like myself or like you or whatever who, who attend you know it's probably more white people you know overall but you know there's good black and brown and asian you know representation and stuff like that so you know with with the the cannabis culture and the industry you know i definitely i would want that as well you know what i'm saying so i I definitely understand what you're saying when it comes to that because i would want to see more of us especially on the corporate side you know what i'm saying yeah um and hopefully there will be more people who end up doing that you know what i'm saying over over several weeks months years or whatever hopefully as you start going to more of these things and everything you'll start seeing more folks that look like you um right you know what i'm saying um so just a couple more things um, what are some of the things that people are, you know, really excited about in the culture right now? Um, I think everything. Like, I, I'm in California. It's, it was just voted recreationally legal in 2016. So, like, it's like the Wild West. Uh, there's so many different companies kind of just popping up left and right. Um, and people trying to get in the industry because it's just a huge opportunity. So I think just like the prospect of just the opportunity in the industry is kind of endless. Even for me, you know, like uh, this isn't like my primary industry. And I started my blog on a passion project. And um, currently I'm uh, super close to kind of landing a job. 
Uh, actually, I have two two meetings with two companies, cannabis related, on Monday. Oh, word. good luck with that. So, one's like a job opportunity. The other one is like business, like more business kind of like collaboration. Um, so, and one's a third interview. Like this is crazy. Um, so, like who I I would didn't think, you know, that it would happen so quickly. Um, and for me, I, I forgot to mention earlier, but for my consulting gig, doing like uh, energy stuff. I was actually laid off like a few months ago. So it kind of just gave me a push, right? To like, hey, let me see if I could, instead of going back to my old industry, let me see if I could kind of go and work in the cannabis industry full time. And that's like basically like a dream of mine. And I didn't think uh, like my blog would help. I'm like, who the hell reads it? <laughs> you know? Ugh. But hopefully some more people will check it out after they hear this. Um, and okay. the last thing that I wanted to ask um, was, you know, what are your what is your opinion of the future? What do you think is, you know, on the horizon for, for cannabis culture? Uh, I, I think it's going um, kind of more towards like uh, kind of like corporate-y. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just because of the nature of weed and how it's so ingrained in counterculture, you know, it's ingrained in hip hop. You know, it's a part. Weed is a part of hip hop. Okay, yeah, for sure. For sure, it is an integral part. Um, it, you know, it's a part of, uh, like reggae culture. It's a part of kind of like hippie white people. You know, hippie white culture. Um, so that counterculture element is always going to exist, <laughs> but it's becoming kind of like more corporate and more kind of like boutique I see a lot of companies like oh cannabis is a luxury which I think it is but also it should be accessible Um, so it's more going that way and I and I'm hoping that that won't uh, you know price people out of you know kind of getting their their medication you know some people just like to get high recreationally which is cool but to a lot of people it's their medicine Mm -hmm. so with all these like fancy products, which is, oh, you know, that what's gonna, is going to happen. I'm, I hope that people won't be priced out. You know. Yeah, we don't want to get it. gentrified out of weed too. Oh yeah, and that that is my worry, um, because of the way the industry is going, um, and and that's why I advocate for like black and brown people, yeah. especially. Um, especially knowing the history of cannabis in our communities, mm-hmm. uh, you know, weed, it, marijuana is a like a Mexican plant. You know, it's also grown in uh, Afghan also, but Afghanistan as well. But um, still, you know, there's a large history within like Mexico, within the black community, within the brown community, and so I encourage us to get involved so we could um you know kind of direct the industry in the way we that's i we want it to go and that's more inclusive instead of like super corporate weed you know super yeah. corporate weed <laughs> you never thought you would hear that right nah, but that's you, right what, but that's that, that's, part of, that's part of the industry yeah I'm telling you is like the super corporate weed yeah for sure like that's exactly what it sounds like you know when especially when you talked about the the corporate side of 
Yeah. The industry and how much money is being made. Yeah, they they were corporate. You know what I'm saying? They fucking put logos on it, and there'd be television Those commercials. Branding, and, branding is so big in the industry. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's it's pretty much big in, in anything that you do anyway. So, um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to add. You know, any any other things you know that sort of came to mind that you wanted to just spit out there before we wrap this thing up if so I'll, I'll let you go ahead and do that uh, there, there's really nothing else but um, my Instagram like I said is calling underscore Mary Jane M-A-R-I-J-A-N-E um, and my website is calling MaryJane.com alright is there anything else that you want the people to check out any other social media or any other stuff that that you know, any other ways that, that we can check out your content? Uh, I'm on Twitter, too, but I don't really tweet that much. She I know I should. I need slack. to. Yeah, you need to get out there, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's too much. It's a lot to manage, okay? I'm just, I'm kind of figuring out how to manage all these things. Figure it out, goddammit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get her. Mary Jane on Twitter also. Yeah, yeah, uh, do that. Yeah, follow that Twitter account as well, you know what I'm saying? So um, we'll, we'll have her, you know, send me all that information we'll put it in the show notes that way you know you can hear her say it shout those things out and then also you'll be able to just like click on the links or whatever as well uh, i want to thank you for joining me on what was a saturday morning for you a saturday afternoon for me um hopefully people out there learned a lot i feel like i learned a lot in this conversation um it was a good time um so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. I want to say thanks to everybody for listening to another episode of the Look and Listen podcast. Make sure to check out all of her social media stuff as she shouted out. Check out the website as well. And of course, if you want to find me, I'm at L Brothers Media and at Look Listen Pod on Twitter. And of course, LBrothersMedia.com. And uh, that's it, man. So until next time, Look and Listen podcast. We out of here. Peace. See you later.